ever so bravely Your foundation standeth sure, standeth sure. I was broken Hearted I bowed down I was shackled Listen to this. Release. Give it to me. I need a blessing right now.
Praise the Lord. I'm Deaconess Tansy, and I'd like to welcome you to Liberty Christian Church International, where our church motto states, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. If there's anything that we can do to create a better worship experience for you, reach out to us at www.lccind.org. We'd love to hear from you. And again, welcome. Good morning, and thank you for joining the Liberty Christian Church International broadcast. Baptism John 4 and 23, that the hour is coming and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, because the Father seeketh such to worship him. Let's just take this moment and worship him. Father, we bless you, we magnify you, we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory today. But this is the day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice, and we're going to be glad in it. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Thank you, Lord God, for blessing us today. Thank you, Lord God, for revealing unto us a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a word of revelation, a word of exhortation, a word of truth that's going to point us in the right direction. Father, we pray your divine blessing over this day. We pray your divine blessing over this broadcast. We pray your divine blessing over those that are going through obstacles, hardships, trials, tribulations, temptations. I thank you, Lord God, that I decree and declare now that they are coming out, that they are blessed in the city, in the field, going out and coming in. I declare them healed. Those that are dealing with sickness and disease, that they are healed from the crown of the head to the soles of their feet. We thank you, Lord God, for anybody dealing with all sorts of pain in their body, with experience, the healing power of Jesus Christ. It is your desire for them to walk in true health and abundance. Thank you, Lord God, that you've given us life and life more abundantly. We seek you first now and the kingdom of God and your righteousness that you would add unto us everything that we need, everything that we desire. If we ask it in the name of Jesus, it shall be given. If we seek, we shall find. If we knock, the door has to be opened. Hallelujah. We thank you that you yet heareth us. We thank you that you are yet sending the answers to prayer. We thank you that you are sending the answers to our petition. I pray now in Jesus' name for those who don't know what to do, that have no direction, and don't know how they're going to get that bill paid. Father, that you are releasing an answer, that you are releasing blessings, that you are releasing grace and favor. We decree and declare favor now to fall like rain in this moment and in this day and in the balance of this month as we bring June to a close and we go into the seventh month, the month of completion. Seven is the number of completion. And so, Father, as we transition from six into seven, that you would give us grace, that you would give us understanding concerning who we are, why we are, and where we are. I thank you, Lord God, that you're helping us plot the course for our next. Give us a dimensional shift. Give us a, a, a next level paradigm shift in our understanding, in our ways of thinking, in our character, in our continued development. In Jesus' name, I thank you that the word of God be made clear to us that come forth with boldness, clarity, and understanding. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that for those who are dealing with marital issues, those that are dealing with uh, mental issues, those that are dealing with children, uh, issues related to their children, prodigal children, I praise you now, Lord God, that you are the author and the finisher of our faith, that you are able to heal, that you're able to bring answers to questions, that you're able to clear up any confusion and clear up any uh, obstacles and things that we are dealing with in our personal lives. Father, I praise you now, Lord God, that you would make a way out of no way for somebody that's at their wit's end and somebody that's at the end of the ledge about to jump off. I thank you for grace in this moment, for answers in this moment. I praise you now that you are our peace. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into that place and are safe. I declare peace in the city. I declare peace in the state.
state. I declare peace in the nation. I declare peace in the world. And even in the eyes of pandemic, Lord, you have still given us a word of exhortation to stand up strong and to continue to be the salt of the earth. Where is the salt hath lost its savor? A city that is, hallelujah, here. Cannot the city that is set up on the hill cannot be hid, and so I thank you that you're exalting us, that you're catapulting us to the top of that mountain, that we might be heard, that our voices might be heard among the people. I thank that the gospel will be preached all around this globe in these last days, for these are the last days, and that you are preparing us for the coming of the Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that you are giving us, Lord God, the directives of what to do, what to say, and how to govern ourselves in these moments. Father, let your will be done in our lives. Let your will be done in our families. Let your will be done in our mindset. Let your will be done in our finances. Let your will be done in our marriages. Let your will be done in our places of business. Let your will be done in our ministries. We just acknowledge you now that you might direct us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We speak peace out of confusion. We speak order out of chaos. Let the will of the Lord be done in our lives from this day forth in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, bless Pastor Thomas. Bless the praise and worship as we go forth higher in you. I thank you, Lord God, this will not just be a regular, average broadcast, that somebody would receive a word that would totally impact their lives from this day forth. It's in Jesus' name that we do thank you for it in advance. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen and amen. Somebody give God a praise. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you thanks now because you deserve the glory. You deserve the honor and you deserve the praise. Stay tuned for more ministry.
I want it all back. Let's just worship God for a minute. Hallelujah. Let's just worship God. The Bible says that he inhabits that place, that praise, that place of your worship, that place where you simply just want it all back. I don't know about you, but but we done gave too much power to the devil. We done gave too much authority to the devil. And at this moment, everything that he took, matter of fact, I don't even want it because God is getting ready to bless me with better. How many people can declare that God is going to bless me with better? He's continuously pouring. He's continuously overflowing. He's continuously giving me greater. So in spite of me saying, I want it all back. I want the best that God has for me. I don't want it to be tainted. I don't want it to be touched. I don't want it to be anything. It is you Sunday here at Liberty Christian Church International. Let's just continue to worship for a minute. It's okay to teach our kids how to worship. It's okay to lift your hands up and just give God a wave offering just to say thank you, God. Just to say, God, I glorify you. Just to say, God, I magnify you. Just to say, God, I thank you for waking me up this morning. God, I thank you for giving me breath in my body. God, I thank you for the use of my limbs, my arms, my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my feet, my legs. I thank you, God, for just giving me use of that. God, because there are some this morning that their thank is just for having breath in their body. They may not have the limbs, but they thank God that their heart is beating. They thank God that their lungs are working. They thank God that they can simply have something to eat this morning. And I just simply thank God for giving me what he's given me to be a blessing. How many people know that God is blessing you to be a blessing? He's not just giving it to you so that you can keep it yourself. He's given it to you for you to be a blessing. So welcome to Liberty Christian Church International this morning. We are excited to have you here. And if we can just go before the throne of God in a word of prayer this morning. The songs of Zion have been sung. The worship has gone forth. And, and, and it's time to get excited about the word of God. It's time to get excited about the plan of God. It's time to get excited about the purpose of God in your life. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank 
thank you, God, for you being simply a heavenly God. We thank you for being our God of, of our peace, our joy, and our hope. We thank you for being a righteous God, a holy God, a God that has a listening ear to his people. We thank you for not just being a statue, not being something that is inanimate, but we serve a true and living God, a living God that breathes, a living God that breath, that breathes into us the breath of life on today, God. And we just simply say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for waking us up. Thank you, God, for giving us this opportunity just to stand before your presence in worship. Every child, every young person, every adult, every young at heart person, every senior person, everybody that is under the sound of my voice, whether by stream or whether in person, we simply say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for, for being our grace. Thank you for being our peace. Thank you for being our joy. Thank you for being our hope. Thank you for being our happiness. Thank you for being our righteousness. Thank you for just you loving us. Your word declares that no greater love than a man shown than to lay down his life for his friend. So God, we thank you this morning for sending your son Jesus that laid his life down for his friends. And he called us friends. He said, no longer are you my disciples, but you are my friend. And if anybody knows that we are a friend of God, that's a happy place to be. We are a friend of our Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are a friend. And not only did he die, but he had authority to pick himself back up. So God, we just thank you that the tomb, that the stone was rolled away from the tomb. And we worship you because of it. We worship you that you did, did not just leave us here. We worship you that you did, did not just say, here you go, fend for yourself. But you are a provider. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And we worship you this morning in spirit and in truth, God. So God, at this moment, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my sight of thy sight be acceptable be acceptable in thy sight O lord you are my strength and my redeemer god break me down and build me back up build me up in your image and in your likeness so the people will see none of me they see none of fallible thomas brockenberry they see none of me but they see all of thee give me the words to minister to the lost. Give me the words to minister to the brokenhearted. Give me the words to minister to those that have no way. Give me a word to minister in this season and in this time. God, we, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do right now, not tomorrow, but right now in our lives. There are miracles that are being released right now. You said whatever is loosed in heaven shall be, shall be loosed in the earth. So right now there are miracles being deposited into the lives of your believers. There's healing being deposited into the lives of your believers. There's salvation being deposited into those that are lost, that have not heard of you. There's, being, there's a deposit, a supernatural, a divine deposit being deposited into the lives of our children. The, the, the generation that was declared was lost. But your word declares that if one sheep is lost that you'll leave the 99 to go find that one so God right now make this word a seeking stone a seeking path to find the lost 
And in return, God, we give you all glory. We give you all praise. We give you all honor. We worship you and we magnify your name, God. Now let the oil be squeezed from me, God. Let the oil be squeezed from me, oh God. Let it be dispersed right now to every home, to every house, to every person right now in the name of Jesus. I take no authority. I take no gratitude. I take no adoration from you, God. It belongs all to you because you deserve our worship. You deserve our praise. It is in Jesus' name, the name that is above all other names. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. 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 And if you have your Bibles wherever you are, if you're streaming us, please lift up your Bibles, your cell phones, whatever you may have, and repeat after me. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just honor God one last time. Come on. Let's just clap and give God some one, one last honor, one last praise offering. I am so excited this morning as we are coming to a conclusion of this series that we've been talking about pursuing the heart of God, pursuing the heart of God. And, and, and I couldn't think of any other way as in my prayer time, as in my worship time, as in my time of, of of, of consecration before God about how to end this series off, about how to end this series off other than dealing with one of the best stories about David, and that's how David worshipped, how, how David worshipped before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And this morning, we are going to be able to, to end this off in a place where we all get to praise, we all get to worship, we all get get to partake in something so marvelous and something so magnificent that God is getting ready to change the atmosphere in your life. He's getting ready to do something amazing in your life. And how do I know? Because I know what praise does. I know that praise opens up a different realm in heaven. I know that praise opens up something marvelous into the lives of the believer. Praise offers something that no other thing that you can do before God does. I know we can work. The Bible says faith without works is dead. I know we can pray. I know we can do this, but when you praise, the Bible simply says that God inhabits the praises of his people. There's a place that God steps down from heaven and inhabits your praise life. Now, 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 I need you to get under understanding about this. And as we have been learning about the life of David and what it takes to pursue the heart of God, I want to visit David this week in a very 
vulnerable place. See, see, praise is a vulnerable place for the lives of the believer. Praise is an intimate place. Praise is this place of secrecy a lot of times. Praise is this place where what you see on Sunday should be an accumulation of your praise from Monday through Saturday. What you see in service on Sunday should be a love offering, just an outward manifestation of what you've done Monday through Saturday. So your praise has to has to be uh, perfected throughout the week. Not, not the praise dance. We're going to talk about that. But your praise has to be perfected throughout the week with God and in your relationship with God because it's part of your communication talking to your heavenly father. Somebody say, I got to praise. I got to praise. See, see, this place of praise that we often talk about and often reference in service, in sermons, a place of gladness and joy, but a place I think we overlook the importance of the occurrence that took place with David. See, I need you to make sure that you got your kids with you. I need you to make sure you got your young people with you because they need to know what it means to praise God, not just for the house, the, not just for the million dollar dream, not just for the million dollar car, not just for the nice clothes, but a praise that talks about how he brought you through. Praise that talks about bringing you from your past to where you are now. Praise that releases the benefits when they don't, when you don't know how you're going to feed your children or your family. That praise that releases the benefits and the provisions of God. Somebody say, I got a praise. I got a praise. See, see, real quick before we get into this, I'm excited about this text and this scripture this morning. Before we get into this, let's really take a recap real quick of what we've learned over the last six or seven weeks. See, 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 I need you to grab hold of this because it's built a platform each and every week concerning David. And so in week number one, we dealt with having a godly heart. And David was anointed as Israel's next king while still a child because of Saul's disobedience. We talked about that and we dealt with having a godly heart. Week number two, get this, we did a courageous heart. And we talked about the second, probably probably the first most important thing that we see in the Bible concerning David is when he fought Goliath. And we saw that this young shepherd boy took a slingshot and three stones and took down the giant in the life of Israel. And, and, and we talked about how we have the ability to cast down and destroy the giants in our life if we simply depend on God. That was week number two. Week number three, we talked about a heart of grace and how David honored Saul's grandson simply because of the relationship that he and Jonathan had. So we defined and we understood having a heart of grace. That means God is doing stuff for people people who don't need to, who necessarily aren't qualified. God is showing grace to the lives of those that, that everybody cast off or who truthfully do not have the right to the provisions. But God said, I'll bless those that are the meek. I'll bless those that are the lonely. I'll bless the last and make them first and make the first last. God said, I'll do amazing in the lives of those that don't need it, but I'm showing grace to them. That was week number three. Week number four, we talked about a flawed 
proud heart. And this was our first time dealing with David concerning sin. We saw how David took Bathsheba and, and, and how he made her his wife, how he killed one of his closest men and how he did all of that and all under the auspices. And we saw what happened as a result of having a flawed heart. And yet we know that David was what? A man that was after God's own heart, according to the word of God. So that's what we saw in week number four. Week number five, we dealt with a faithful heart and we let and we uh, left David for a minute and discovered what it means to be faithful to God while things may not be working in your favor. We talked about a faithful heart and, and dealing with the people of Israel. And that's what has led us to the movement in this time of having a worshiper's heart. Because what does it mean to worship? Yeah, so, so many people think that it means the songs you hear and, and, and sing that gives honor to God. That's a form of worship, but that's not worship. That, that's a, that's a, 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 a characteristic of worship if you want to say something like that. For many, it may be the dance a person gives that honors God and, and honors and reverences God. But, but the dance is not the worship. It's a, it's a characteristic of what worship is. And for some, it may be the preaching that you render. That may be a form of worship. I know for me, my preaching is my love offering back to God. And for so many that sit behind the pulpit and so many that sit in the sacred desk, that is their love offering back to God. In fact, a lot of times we make worship something that includes multiple events at various times. I need you to stay with me for a minute. But I Think here uh, in lies the problem that causes many not to receive the breakthrough you're looking for. Because we make worship this multiple occurrence at various times in our, our life instead of living a life of worship. Not, not, not just on Sunday morning when your favorite gospel song comes on. Not Sunday morning when the organist hits the B flat and you get that feeling in your body. That's a, a manifestation of what worship is. But, but, but when you think back over your life and you realize what God has brought you through from the youngest to the, to the oldest, from the biggest to the smallest, from the uh, most sinful person to the person that feels like they haven't done any sin. But when you think back over your life and think about the things that you've done, even for our young people, there's things that our young people have done that their parents may never know about. There are things that we as parents have done that our kids may never know about to sacrifice for them. There are things that we've done in our disobedience to God that where we are right now, we should be offering up the biggest worship in our life because God has did not kill us when we were in the midst of it. God did not forget us when we were in the midst of it. So this morning, I want us to take a look at David and then this place of worship. So if you have your Bible, let's say it's word time. I'm excited about this. If you open up your Bibles to 2 Samuel, the sixth chapter, looking at the 12th through the 13th verse and also looking at the 14th verse, we'll get there in a little bit, but we're going to bounce around in this sixth chapter this morning and deal with some things concerning David. Now the Bible says this, looking at the New American Standard Bible, it said, now David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him at Baal Judah 
to bring from there the ark of God, which is called by the name, the very name of the Lord of hosts, who is enthroned above the cherubim. That's verse 1 and 2. But if we look at verse 12 and 13, it says also this. Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belonged to him on account of the ark of the ark of God. And David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And so it was that when the bearers of the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. And and this morning, I really want to deal with the heart of a worshiper, the heart of worship dealing with David and in this place. Now, now, now see the life of the believer is, get this, built on worship. The life of the believer is built on a place of worship, a life of worship, a mindset of worship, a heart of worship. And, and so now, when we re- if we're looking to receive breakthrough in our life, if we're looking to receive breakthrough, breakthrough in the situations that we're dealing with, if we're looking to receive breakthrough in all areas of our life, it starts first with us having a heart of worship. Somebody declare I have a heart of worship. I have a heart of worship to, to, to see breakthrough take place in my and your life. See, see, the life of the believer uh, it should not uh, also should not be uh, so external that it does not cause any internal impact. I told you a couple of weeks ago in Bible study that we have to realize what we're doing. Are we here to impress or are we here to impact? Are we here to impress others with a praise dance or are we here to be in or know that our worship impacts our environment? Our worship impacts our situation. Our worship impacts all the things that we've been dealing with in the places that we've been in our life. Our worship deals with uh, closely and intensely the things that are going on in our life. Somebody say, Pastor, preaching already. I'm, I'm, I'm here this morning to let you know that, that this little, that this tall 6'1 black man gets down and worships God in my place of worship, in my private time, in my, in my sanctuary, in my home, in my closet, in my home. I get down and worship and I hope that you can understand that, that, that what you get from Pastor Thomas is the residue of my worship. It's the outward pouring of my worship. And I need you to get into a place this morning that you're ready to worship God like never before in your life. You're ready to worship God like never before for your breakthrough. You're, not, you're ready to worship God right now for your, for, for your family members, for your generation, for your grandchildren, for your children, for your children's children's children right now. And if you worship hard enough, if you worship God in spirit and in truth, we're going to get to a place of releasing some bondage, breaking some shackles. We're going to break some things off because worship is in is intentional between you and God. Somebody say, I got to worship. I got to worship. I got to worship. I'm not even here. I'm not even ready to really preach this thing yet, but I'm trying to tell you that your worship is intentional and it has to be more internal than external, but worship has to become an internal nature. Guess what? That does this that drives you. Your worship has to become an internal nature that drives you. And, and as above all else, and we're going to get to this word in a second, but, but, but it has to be an internal nature that motivates you. 
your, 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 your worship has to be an internal nature that motivates the life of the believer. And it has to be that element that brings you through your situation both now and in your next. Your worship has to prepare you. Uh, it has to bring you through right now, but it got to prepare you for your next. It got to prepare you for your next blessing. It got to prepare you for your next trial. It got to prepare you for your next tribulation. I'm preaching better than I'm getting responses this morning. I need y'all to understand that my worship has to do something different both now and in my future. I can no longer sit there and listen to the world or rely on the world to give me my happiness or give me my success, but my worship has to produce success in my life. Somebody declare that my worship produces my success. My worship produces my success. Worship has to be foundational in your relationship with God. I told you already that the Bible says that he inhabits that place of your worship. He inhabits that home, that, that, that mindset, your heart, your, your thought process. When you worship, there is something that connects you with God with a one-way direct connection where he looks down and he hears you as you begin to open up your mouth. You don't even got to say a word, but when you think a word of worship, it connects you with your father. It connects you with the direct path that said, my child is calling me. My child is reaching out to me. My child needs me. My child loves me. My child is, is there knowing that I've provided for them. Your worship is foundational in your relationship. So what does this word worship mean? I got to teach a little bit this morning. I, I need y'all to get this. Now, Vine defines this, worship, this word worship in the Old Testament as, guess what? Bowing down and laying prostrate. Vine says that in the Old Testament, worship was laying down and bowing, bowing down before God or bowing down before the, the, the Lord of your life, bowing down and, 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 or laying prostrate. That means I'm laying naked. I'm, I'm just stretched out before God. I'm vulnerable before God. I'm vulnerable before the altar. I'm vulnerable to him while I'm in the wilderness. I'm vulnerable to him while I'm in my place of praise. I'm just laying down and worshiping. I'm just laying prostrate before the, uh, before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And in the New Testament, this word worship is defined as this, honor and reverence honor and reverence. So from the Old Testament to the New Testament, they go together because if I'm laying down before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, I'm laying down in honor and reverence. I'm laying down to let him know that I honor what he's done of done for me. The word, uh, when you talk about in Proverbs 9 and 10, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the holy is understanding. So now I'm understanding that my fear, that word fear right there means the honor that I have towards God. So my honor towards God is the beginning of my wisdom and, and my knowledge of his word is my understanding. So now I'm honoring him with my worship. How am I honoring him? I'm glad you asked because I'm going to get to that in quite a second. Because when we look at this text in, in John 4, 4 and 24, it says simply this, that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That means 
means everything that's in me. I don't care who else you lie to. The, when you worship with God, you got to be truthful. You got to get before him and let it all out where you've messed up, where you've made your mistakes, where you've fallen short of his glory, where you've sinned at. I don't care what everybody else in the church you tell them, but when you get before God in order to worship him, you got to worship him in spirit and in truth. You got to open up your heart and, re- and pour out of your heart all your issues, all your problems, all the things that you hide from everybody else, all the things that you face and all the things that you deal with. Those kids that are bullying our young people, you got to lay them before the throne of God. Those that have been dealing with issues in school of not wanting to do their work. Yeah, this is you Sunday, so I got to make sure I talk to them. The, 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 those that are not doing their work properly, those who are having issues uh, focusing, those who are having issues with people uh, because maybe because of your looks, maybe because you're overweight, maybe because you're too skinny, maybe because you're too bald, maybe because your head not long enough, maybe because your clothes not looking the right way. Those people that have issues, you're not too young, young people to get in the face of God and simply be truthful with God. God, this is what they say about me, but but, but it's because God will reveal to you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image and in his likeness. Somebody turn to your child and tell your children that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image and in his likeness. Yeah, I don't care what they talk about you about. Your, your, your own family might talk about your weight. Your own family might talk about how you look. But let me tell you what God said, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made in his image and in his likeness. So now you got to get to a place of worship with God because God will continue to build you up. God will continue to to provide for you. So now if we understand what worship looks like, so this morning we got to find that King David is doing something that we're going to pay attention to. See, King David this morning is bringing the ark of God back into the city of the king. Get this, the ark has been gone since Israel lost their last battle to the Philistines. Yeah, the ark, the, the, the dwelling place for them of God. This, 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 this golden ark that was built as the house and the home of the Spirit of God had been taken while they were in battle because of their disobedience. This was before David came in to, to, to be the king. It was still under Saul's reign. And, and we know that the ark was taken and the ark was taken by the Philistines. And we've heard the story about how the ark, they, they put the ark of God into the, the temple with their, de- with their, with their deities and, and how when they left, it was all their deities were standing up. And when they came back, all of their deity statues were bowed down in the presence of the ark. So the ark had power. Somebody say, my ark got power because I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to tell y'all something major. They, 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 so we see David in this place and it has been gone since Israel lost the battle. It has, it's been something since God's presence. It's been something since God's presence has been there. But, 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 but we see that, uh, that, that while, the, while the ark was with Philistine, that, that we saw the, their gods bow down to the king of kings and the lord of lords. We see that 
Cities were destroyed and cities crumbled and fell because they did not have any right to the ark. And and yet they were holding on to the ark and, and they kept on moving it from city to city to city and watching the cities crumble and fall because they had no they had no uh, they had no uh, right to hold what God had they they had no right to the place of God and, and and somebody needs to know right now you have let the wrong people tap into your God you have let the wrong people tap into your power source they don't deserve the right and and for somebody right now I'm I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself that that, that do you know that for some some people, the reason your life is messing up right now is because you've let the presence of God out of your life. Oh, somebody missing that. You've given your presence over to somebody who did not have right to it, and they're tearing up, and it's causing everything to be torn up around them, and it was never meant for you to let it go. Somebody missing. I'm coming down somebody road this morning. Black man preached this morning. I gotta get into this thing this morning. It has been something marvelous since the presence of God had been there. So do you know that there will be moments in your life where you don't feel the tangible presence of God? Has there ever been moments in your life where where you're like, God, I don't feel you. God, where are you? God, I'm praying and it doesn't seem like you're there. God, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get into a place of worship, but it doesn't seem like you're, you're hearing me. It doesn't seem like you're inhabiting my place right now. Have you ever been in a situation where you've walked away from the presence of God because of what has happened in your life? Because somebody has died and you blame God for it. Have you ever uh, walked away from the presence of God because Somebody left your life and you just knew that God had put them in your life. And, and, and now you're questioning, God, are you real? God, do you see my trial? Do you see my tribulation? God, do you see what I'm going through? Have you ever been in a place where the presence of God seems like it's left you? Have you ever been in a situation or have gone through a traumatic situation in your life where you're like, God, how could you let so-and-so rape me? God, how could you let so-and-so molest my children. God, how could you let things happen like this in my life? God, you know I needed this job, but how could you allow them to give me a pink, a pink slip? And no, God, I got to fend for my family. God, I'm, 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 I, I loved you at one time, but I, I'm walking away from your presence because your presence does not seem to do me any good right now. Anybody ever been in that place? Oh, I'm talking real this morning. I'm talking about that place of hurt, that place of despair where you said, God, I I, I believe that you're real, but I don't believe that you're here with me. God, I'm walking away from your presence, but I'm here to tell you that you above all else, you got to get back to God. And and as we look at this scripture this morning in 2 Samuel, the sixth chapter, the first and second verse says this. It says again, David again brought together all the able young men of Israel, 30,000, and he and his men went to Baal, uh, Baal, uh, Balah in Judah to bring up from there the ark of God which they which is called by the name the name of the Lord Almighty who is enthroned between the cherubim and the ark and so this morning I need you to realize that this simple thing above all else and 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 and, and, and above all anything I need you to realize what was happening and with David at this place see it, it can be a traumatic situation 
when you feel like you've lost something and you feel like you're giving up or it may be because God is trying to get you to stand up and apply what he's taught you. Yeah, sometimes that, that, that presence of God may seem like it's far away simply because God is trying to get you to stand up and use what he's put on the inside of you. Use the gifts and the anointing. And how many people know that the teacher has to be quiet during the test? Oh, somebody missed what I just said right there. How many young people have ever taken a test and you sitting there looking at the test and you're like, uh, wait, wait, I know this answer. And you might look up and see the teacher sitting at the desk and you want to ask the teacher for the answer or you might say teacher I'm having a problem with question number five and the teacher will say do your best. Yeah, somebody missed what I just said. The teacher may be right there, but they're not helping you because they need you to go back into your mind. It needs you to go back into what you've been studying, what you were supposed to have learned so that you can discover the answer to the test. Sometimes God's presence may seem absent in your life because God is simply saying, I need you to go back and pull and draw from what I put on the inside of you already what I put on down on the inside of you, what I've told you in your quiet time. Yes, it might be hard. Yes, you don't think you know the answer, but when the Bible says your ways are not my ways and your thoughts are not my thoughts. So at this moment, I need you to stop relying on your own thoughts and get into what I put on the inside of you. Somebody say above all else. Above all else, above all else, above all else. I'm preaching this thing this morning. I'm happy about this thing. But, but, but say, I came by to tell you that above all else, you got to keep living in your worship. You got to keep praising in your worship. There's something special waiting for you there in that place. So while you're in this place, I need you to do this. Above all else, desire his presence. Yeah, desire his presence. See, we see David, who had been anointed king, who was living in the palace, who had a right to everything. But guess what? David knew he could not lead or govern without the presence of God. David knew that he could not govern the people without the presence of God. So he did what? He went after God. See, too many times we want to sit there and look cute and just expect God to walk up to us instead of getting up, dusting ourselves on, putting on our clothes and going after God. I'm chasing after you. I told you this is called the chase, pursuing the heart of God. So now you need to realize that, 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 that you have to get up and desire the presence of God in your life. How Somebody say, how do I desire it, Pastor? How, how do I desire his presence? How do I get there and get back into the presence of God? See, because some of you need to hear this because you've given your life to God, and the only way to get your family back is to get into his presence. Yeah, some of y'all want to know why your house is all out of order this morning. Your, your house seems like it's going to hell in a handbasket. Your spouse don't act right. Your children don't act right because you have given up God's presence in your home. You've allowed your kids to play what they want to play. You've allowed your husband to watch what he want to watch. You've allowed your wife to cuss you out. And you've allowed all of this to take place in your home. And you're wondering why it seems like 
like it's not getting any better. It's because you have gotten out the presence of God. You have let the presence of God walk away. Matter of fact, you didn't let the presence of God walk away. You walked away from the presence. You forgot to pray. You forgot to worship. You forgot to lift your children up before God. You forgot that when a sanctified wife, she sanctifies her husband. You forgot that a sanctified husband sanctifies his wife. You forgot that you're supposed to raise your children in the fear of the Lord and the adoration of the Lord. The Bible says raise up a child in the way that he should, he or she should go that when they get old they will not depart far from it. You forgot all of that because your kids have subscribed to the world for a moment. Your, your kids and your life and your home has subscribed to what the world standards has said. You forgot what the word of God said about you. You forgot that you're fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. You forgot to simply get into his presence and desire his presence to have full reign over your house. Somebody say, I got to desire his presence. I got to desire his presence. See, <coughs> there's some of you that need to know that it's not working out not right now because the covenant has been broken. And you need to get his presence back with you. Yeah, the covenant that that you had. The covenant when you told God, God, if you bless me, I'll serve you. God, if you bless me, I'll be here. That covenant that you made that day that you walked to the cross, that day that you said, God, I'm here, that moment, the, the, the presence is what you need to desire. Young people, you can desire his presence. Old people, you can desire his presence. Yeah, I know you grew up in the church. Yeah, I know you wear your lap scarf every Sunday. Yeah, I know you put your big hat on. I, yeah, I know that I know all that you know all the church protocol and all the church lingo, but do you desire his presence? I know that you learned Psalms 23 and Psalms 36. I know you learned Psalms 91. I know that you mark yourself at the Proverbs 31. I know that you do all of these things, but do you desire his presence in your life? Oh, who am I dealing with? Do you desire or are you just giving lip service to the throne of God? Are you just giving lip service because it's what you're supposed to do? When you're sinning, do you desire his presence? When you're working, are you saying, God, yet I'm sinning, but I need you to come in right now. I can't do it myself. Young people, when you're telling lies, are you saying, God, I need your presence to change this lying tongue that I'm dealing with? Older people, when you're lying, are you saying, God, I need your presence to come and take this spirit out of me, this tongue out of me? Young pe Old people, when you're fornicating, when you're doing all manners of evil, are you saying, God, I need your presence to take over my life? Somebody declare, I got to desire his presence above all else, above Above all else, I got to desire his presence above anything, any accolade, above anything that I could get. I got to desire his presence. I got to get into his face. I, I got to bring him back to me. See, 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 David had to do a tangible thing. David had to go out and, and find the Ark of the Covenant and bring it home. He, he had heard where it was. But get this. In your own quiet time, I need you to read that entire sixth chapter because there's an amazing part of this around the third or fourth verse that when they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant back, 
the dwelling place of the Spirit of God. When they were carrying the ark back, the Bible says that it looked like it was about to fall. And one of David's men went out and grabbed for it. Rule number one with the Ark of the Covenant, nobody that was unclean was supposed to touch it. Nobody that, was, that, 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 that had not been sanctified was supposed to touch it. This ain't even in my sermon real quick, but I need you to get this. I told you a minute ago, too often have you been allowing unqualified people access to your anointing. You've been allowing unqualified people access to the presence of God in your life. And yet things are starting to die because they touched it. Situations are dying because they touched it. And look, but, but this, is the, this, this is the funny thing about this text. David got mad because one of his men died from touching the ark. Ah, this is that part where the presence of God, you got to realize what the presence of God is doing. David got mad and the Bible says that he left the ark right there. He didn't even bring the ark all the way back to Israel. He left the ark sitting right there because he was mad at God. Yeah, we, we, we get mad at God because God isn't doing something for somebody that we felt close to us. I told you earlier, we get mad with God because somebody died and we felt like God should have kept them. We, we get mad with God because traumatic situations happen. And we see David, the one that was created or the one that God said, this is a man after my own heart, get mad at his creator, get mad at the one who anointed him, get mad at the one who, who, did some, who, who provided for him and brought him out. We see David get mad at him, and the Bible says that David walked away from God for three months. But get this, what David dropped off still blessed where it was at. The Bible said that David heard that Obed-Edom was blessed for those three months. The place where the ark of God was left blessed that house tremendously. See, you, 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 dropping off your, you, you dropping off the presence of God somewhere and it's blessing that environment when you standing over here saying, I'm mad at you, God. <laughs> you done put a deposit into somebody else's home. You done put a deposit into somebody else's life, and yet you mad at God, but God is now blessing them. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you mad at God because God let grandma go, and you mad, but God is blessing your aunt. Mm, Jesus, somebody, somebody, you missing the fact that, that God is blessing the rest of the family, and you're still mad because of God who God took away, and you're not tapping into or having access to his presence in your life because you mad because of who he took away. But they okay. They, if they surrendered their life to Christ, they're in heaven. They're, 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 they're in the bosom. Of Jesus. They're fine. But you mad at God while God is blessing your aunt. That, your aunt that got delivered at the serve, at the funeral service. Oh, I'm talking real right now to somebody. Your grandfather that got delivered 
at the service. Your, your cousin Pookie that got delivered at the service. Your, your cousin Ray Ray that was at the club the night before but surrendered their life at grandma's service. Your, 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 your kinfolk, your friends, everybody else is being blessed because the presence of God that was with you at one time has been dropped off with them and now you stepped away because you mad at God but God is constantly blessing. Somebody say I got to desire his presence. I got to get back to him. I got to get back to this, this place. Stop allowing the situations of your life to take you out of the presence of God. Stop allowing it to take you out of God's presence. Why? Because there's joy in his presence. See, it's not working right now because the covenant has been broken and you need to get his presence back in your life. You wonder why at the grandma funeral, the hurt that you've been harboring, you're not advancing in your life. You're missing out on the blessings. You're missing out on the opportunities because you walked away from his presence. God didn't take his presence away. God didn't take his presence away from Israel. Israel lost the battle, and because they lost the battle, the presence was taken with the winner of the battle. Too often will you not fight even though it seems like you're losing. See, a lot of times when we seem like we're losing, we retreat. And we leave everything right there and say, I'll get it later. I'll pick it up later. And somebody else picks it up and keeps on going. Uh, but how many people need to know that, that the, the deliberateness of God, your relationship with God, will make it seem like you're losing the battle. But the Bible said, after all you've done, simply do this, stand. After all you've gone through, stand, knowing that God wins every battle, knowing that no weapon formed against Against you shall prosper, knowing that God, if God be for you, there's nothing that can be against you. Knowing that the spirit of the true and living God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power that works in you. Somebody understand that, that his presence is what I'm wanting. But not only that. You got to realize this, and this is my second point. My first point was this, that above all, uh, you got to desire his presence. But now we're going to look at 2 Samuel, the 6th chapter, looking at the 12th through the 13th verse. It says, now King David was told the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and everything he has because the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God. Of God from the house of Obed Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Yeah, so God deserves your time. And so, 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 no, so, so now the one thing in this world that you can never recover is what? Time. It's the most valuable thing this world has to offer. Yeah, 
I know the next week that time goes back an hour and you're supposed to gain an hour, but with that hour, you still can't regain something that you lost previously. You still can't go back and get that house that you lost. You still can't go back and renew that relationship that you lost. You still can't go back and bring back to life that person that died. You still can't go back and change uh, change your financial situation, uh, what it used to look like five years ago with that hour that we get next week, we can't change what has already happened, but we can progress and move ahead with that extra hour. That extra hour is precious because God deserves your time. And so not only that does he deserve your time, you got to realize this. In your life, there's the thing that you need to slow down. Yeah, you, you, you need to slow down. We see David in this place right now that he has to slow down. When they were coming back with the ark of God, when they were coming back with the presence of God, it said, when those who were carrying in the ark of the Lord had taken what? Six steps. Yeah, six steps. Not, not 20, not 120. That he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Could you imagine that? Six steps. David, why are we stopping right here? We got to kill the calf. We got to sacrifice the calf. We got to sacrifice the bull. Why? Because David knew that his worship had to slow down. He wasn't in a rush because he already had the presence of God. Yeah, we, he wasn't in a rush because God deserves your intimate moments. God deserves this time in your life where it's deliberate with him. See, see, see we always talk about time in an aspect of not having enough time but that I, but but the thing that you can do is slow down and realize God needs your deliberate time and with him you're not to worry or hurry up uh, you don't have to get to your next thing with him you got to realize that you got to spend ample amount of time with God yeah I know the game starts against Washington and Dallas starts in about 15 20 minutes but but you got to spend some deliberate time with God for your brain breakthrough. You got to spend some deliberate time with God. And yeah, I know the work schedule is there. I know the kids got to get to dance. I know the kids got to do homework. Yeah, I know your husband needs dinner cooked. I know your wife needs to be tended to. Yeah, but you got to learn how to spend some deliberate time with God because he deserves your quality time, not your last. He deserves that time when you wake up, when nobody else is around you. Before you look at Facebook, before you look at Twitter, before you look at Instagram, before you call somebody, before you text somebody and say good morning. God deserves your time. You got to slow down with your life. I know we live in this microwave generation where everybody wants quick, fast, and a hurry. You want fast blessings. You want fast manifest. You want fast money. You want fast cars. You want the house fast. But there's a process that comes about when you slow down with God. When you, when you know that he deserves your worship, David, when you know that he deserves your worship, Deacon and Sandy, when he deserves your worship, Pastor Lou, there's a time when you got to simply slow down. Somebody declare, I got to slow down. I got to slow down, Veronica. You got to slow down, Antoine. You got to slow down, Ree. Yeah, I know that the world seems like it's moving faster and faster, but God said, I'll inhabit that place of your worship. I'll inhabit that place of your praise. So slow down 
My, 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 my heart is you. God does not, God is not bound by time. Yeah, God is not bound by time. God is time. Yeah, if he did it with Elijah where he turned back the sun. Yeah, somebody missed that. When, when, when you got a praise with God, God will give you more time than there are in 24 hours. When, when you get deliberate with God and your worship with God, when you become a true worshiper, you might be in your prayer closet 10 minutes and it might seem, or you might be in your praise closet, let me say it like this, you might be in your prayer closet an hour and it only come out to be 10 minutes because God is, knows, he knows that he has to inhabit that place with you. You got to slow down. Begin to open up your mouth. Don't rush through your prayer time. Don't rush through your worship time. Don't rush, don't rush through your time reading his word because God needs your dedicated time with him. Slow down in your prayer time. And I'm, I keep saying prayer time because Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm already thinking about what we start next week. Next week, we start in a brand new series, and this is off topic real quick, but next week, we start in a brand new series called The Prayer Shift, and it's going to take us from next week to the end of the year. You got to shift some things with your prayer, but I'm getting back to this because he deserves your time, so slow down. Somebody say, I got to slow down. Not only for that, not, not, not only that. It's because with all your might, it's time to really worship. Yeah, with all your might, 2 Samuel the 14th verse said this, wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. We, we, we get so caught up on, on this text right here, and it's a beautiful text because the Bible says, the King James Version says that David danced out of his clothes. David got... Got, got real bold while he was dancing, while he was worshiping. David wasn't caring about who was around him. David wasn't worried about anybody seeing him. See, it's time to let the manifestation of your worship be seen. David, David was a worshiper. Why do I know that? Because the entire book of Psalms was written by David, or most of David, most of Psalms was written by David as songs of worship when he was in service to Saul. So David knew how to worship. And I believe that as the, as the presence of God, somebody about to catch this real quick, as the presence of God was coming back into, into the city, of the king that the presence began to overtake. See, see, very shortly when we return to physical service, I'm truly believing that there will be a breakout of praise and worship because it's, it's been wonderful to worship virtually. It's been wonderful to worship at home. You've been able to spend more time with your family. You've been able to spend more time with your kids. You've been able to settle down and things have been able to slow down for you for a minute just like I told you in the last point that, that, that we got to slow down. So God has given us an opportunity to slow down. God has given us an opportunity to above all things serve him. God has been giving us an opportunity to get in his presence. But then there comes a point where you got to let that manifestation be known. And I believe that when we get back 
house of worship. I believe that when we get into the house of God, the edifice of God, that, be- that, the, that the saints of God coupled with the new believers of God are going to open up their mouth and there's going to be a worship that comes out. There's going to be a dance that comes out that's going to break shackles. There's a dance that's going to come out that's going to destroy bondages. There's a dance that's going to come out that's going to tear down strongholds. I believe that when we get into the mouth, into the presence of God in corporate worship, that with all your might, you're going to do this. You're going to dance for your father. I'm not a dancer. Somebody understand that I'm not a dancer. My, 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 my shout is my worship, but I believe that when I get into the presence of God in corporate worship, you'll see a worship from me that's strictly from the angels, that's strictly from the power and the spirit of God. There's a worship that's going to come forth, and I'm going to dance like David danced. I'm going to dance like he danced out of my clothes, out of my robe, out of whatever it is. I'm going to dance like David danced. I dare somebody right now just while you're in preparation for what God is going to do, just begin to stand up and dance. Just begin to stand up and worship. Just begin to stand up for what God is doing. Oh, I'm coming down somebody road real quick. I'm coming down somebody street real quick because you got to know that your dance and your worship is beginning to turn and shift the atmosphere. Your dance and your worship is beginning to change your environment. Your dance and your worship is beginning to open up doors that no man has seen. Your dance and your worship is beginning to change your environment. I dare you dance for David. I dare you dance before the throne of God. I dare you dance before the altar of God. I dare you dance before God because he is God. And God is God. And God is God. I dare you dance right now. I dare you open up your mouth and lift up your hands in worship and dance before David and dance before the throne of God. The ark of the Lord is here. The ark is in this place. I dare you worship before God. I dare you open up your mouth and worship because God is God. God is amazing. Somebody take 30 seconds to just dance before David. Somebody take 30 seconds to dance before the throne of God. Open up your mouth. I dare you just give dance. God a praise shout, a praise dance. I dare you tell God all about your problems. I dare you change the environment and the narrative. I dare you do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, wearing a leaf pod, a linen leaf pod, Whatever you in your house right now, whether you in your robe, yeah, 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 yeah. Whether you in your, your, your house coat, whether you in your jeans, or whatever it may be, I dare you dance before God. I dare you dance for your breakthrough. I dare you dance for new beginnings. I dare you dance for that healing. I dare you dance for the provisions of God. I dare you dance because he is Jehovah Jireh. I dare you dance because he is Alpha and Omega. I dare you dance because he is the Rose of Sharon. Oh, somebody coming down somebody's street. I dare you dance because he brought you from an alcoholic. I dare you dance because he brought you from a whoremonger. I dare you dance for your provisions yesterday. I dare you dance because your rent is still being paid. I dare you dance because your mortgage is being paid. I dare you dance because you still got your right mind because of who left you. I dare you dance because he is God. 
somebody open up their mouth and just give God an offering this morning. Somebody clap your hands and just say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for bringing me from a mighty long way. Thank you, God, for bringing me through. Thank you, God, for delivering a wretch like me. Thank you, God. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I thank you, God. Yeah, somebody missing it. Somebody breakthrough coming. Somebody breakthrough coming right now. Whether you on Twitter, Facebook, whether you in the house, whether you on our website, somebody breakthrough is coming right now. Somebody deliverance is coming right now. Somebody's chance is coming right now. Doors are being opened right now. Bondages are being broken right now. I can't go nowhere, but I'm going to dance for David. I'm going to dance for my father. I'm going to dance like David danced. Yeah, dance out of, dance out of them old clothes. Somebody tear it off. Dance out of your sin. Dance out of your, 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 your mess ups. Dance out of all that stuff. I dare you just dance. Yeah, I, I dare you just dance. I dare you dance out of it right now. Somebody dance out. Yeah, in your old age, you can dance. In your young age, you can dance. In your, uh, in your sanctified self, you can dance. I dare you just dance like David. Dance. Why? Get this. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give me one second real quick. Let me tell you how David, what, what happens when you dance. See, your enemies and you'll, you'll identify your enemies and your haters. Why? Because you in the midst of it. While you in the midst of it. If your dance they going to dance with you. But let me tell you what happened. When David danced out of all his clothes, I believe he had a hater in his house. Yeah, Saul's daughter that David had taken as a wife. Yeah, she looked at David and said, the Bible says that she, he, she looked at him disparaging. She looked at him in a, in a demeaning way. She said to David, you danced in front of all your servants. They saw you naked, but David said, in my humbleness, I danced. Yeah, in my humbleness, I wasn't before them, but guess what? Because they saw me in my humbleness, they won't honor me with dignity because they know that their king doesn't mind getting naked in front of them. Oh, somebody missed that. Their king does not mind getting naked in their presence to show them how to worship. Jesus was a worshiper. He was your, he was your lily. He was the chief priest that still worshiped. He prayed. He worshiped the Father. And so now we see David worshiping. We see David worshiping. And guess what? Not only that. Not, 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 not only that, but my last point for you this morning is this, because David worshiped, if you look at the 18th and the 19th verse of this same text, it says, after he had finished 
sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. The Bible says that he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women, and all the people went to their homes. So because you were there participated in the worship, those that are around you, this is what I need you to catch. It's not just for you, but this is what David did after they saw him. He blessed his people. Yeah. Yeah, somebody missed that. They saw David worship. They partook in David worship. What did I just tell you? That those that are with you, when the presence of God returns to your life, they'll worship with you. They'll celebrate with you, young people. They'll clap for you. They'll stand with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll know your haters from your friends. Your friends will be right there worshiping. They may not even know how to worship, but they're going to congratulate you while you worship. They may not even give their life to Christ right at that moment, but they're going to congratulate you because of your breakthrough. They're going to congratulate you because of the provisions that God has given. And the Bible said that David blessed his people. He blessed them. What's the difference between David and his wife? David blessed the people and the Bible said that God never allowed David's wife because of her disdain for what David did. He never allowed her to bear children. It's a sad thing to be in the kingdom but not have the access to the blessings of the kingdom. But David blessed his people. And you have to understand that when God delivers you, God begins to give you the provisions it's not for you to hold on see the presence of God is more than enough but once you have the presence of God are you ready to show others what God has done for you what God has been to you your heart of worshiping should produce blessings from God to be a blessing to others when you know his presence, you know his provisions. When you know his presence in your life, you know his provisions. Some of you have been chasing miracles and not chasing his presence. Some of you have been chasing the house, but not chasing his presence. God prevents the blessings from chasing the presence. The Bible says that I pray that you prosper so as your soul prospers. How does your soul prosper? By allowing the presence of God to inhabit it. Are you ready to bless others? After David knew the presence of God had returned 
and it was in his house David blessed his people. You have to want his presence in your life. And right now the, the floor is open for altar call. You have to want his presence in your life. When you wake up in the morning, you should want his presence. When you get to that job where nobody likes you, you should want his presence. When you get the text cussing you out, you should want his presence. When you, in your mess and making mistakes, you should want his presence. That comes from the heart of a worshiper that knows I cannot make it without, him, without God. I can't make it without his presence. <clears throat> so, Father God, right now, anybody under the sound of my voice that is seeking God's presence, no matter where you are, everybody close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. If you are seeking God's presence and you've been wanting a closer relationship with him, yeah, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hands. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask you to touch the screen of whatever you may be watching on right now. Yeah, yeah. This is not the normal, the normal altar call that we do. But if you've been desiring his presence in your life, yeah, God. Yeah, God, I feel it. Lift your hands up. And tell God, just open up your mouth and begin to worship. If all you know is hallelujah, just open up your mouth and say hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, that's the highest form of praise. Hallelujah can shift. Hallelujah can change the environment. Matter of fact, behind hallelujah, say hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, the name that is above all other names. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Yeshua, if you want to be uh, verbally correct. Hallelujah, Yeshua. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yeshua. Hallelujah, your Holy Spirit, I want your presence to fall down. I want your presence to fall down in my life. Transfer supernatural into my life. Fill me from the inside out. Hallelujah, fill me up. I need your presence to surround me. Enter into every dark place right now in the name of Jesus. Enter in every mindset that I have right now in the name of Jesus. If that's you, simply open up your mouth. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know the hearts of your people. You know the hearts of everybody that's crying out to you right now, God. I ask right now, God, that you enter into their home. I ask you to enter into their hearts, that you enter into their minds, whether they're here or whether they're away at, in another place. Allow your presence to consume them. They know you, God. They've, 
They've heard of you, God. They believe in you. Allow your presence to consume them right now. And if they do not know you, God, for their saving salvation, introduce yourself with your presence to let them know that they cannot make it without you. Now touch them in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Let's worship God. Hallelujah. 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 Pursuing the heart of God ends with a dynamic worship. We're always in a constant place of pursuing Him, chasing after Him, running after Him, holding on to Him. We're always in a constant place desiring more from him. And as we move forward, as we get ready to go into this next level, amen. As we get ready to go into this next level, God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And at this moment, as we close out of service right now, I'm going to tell you, develop a worship life develop a worship life part of that worship is what I'm going to start diving into next week and that's the prayer shift the prayer shift but God loves you beyond measure he loves you without reservation he loves you simply because he created you and he trusts you enough to give you his son Jesus as your offering. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this worship on today, God. We ask God right now that you touch each and every young person, each and every young at heart person, each and every adult under the sound of my voice. Touch them with your presence. God, let this week be changed right now. Let this word be followed by signs, miracles, and wonders. That as we depart from here, God, we go from here with the same intention that we came in to worship. Let us go into the world to worship. Let us go into the world to be a blessing. Let us go into the world desiring more of your presence. Make us better people, God. From the inside out. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Let the body of Christ say amen. Amen, amen, amen. I love y'all. Thank you all for tuning into our worship this morning. Join me Wednesday for Bible study, and I'm going to hurry up because I know y'all trying to get to y'all game. Um, uh, join us Wednesday for Bible study at 7.30 p.m. We have some new information. We're switching our Bible study night to Thursday nights in two weeks. We have some more information coming to you very shortly. Um, also, I leave you with this every week. Live on purpose, live for purpose, but most importantly, live in God's purpose. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Be blessed, go in peace, and have a wonderful day. Amen.